You know, I do have an interesting question about the kink side of it and the BDSM. And, and I think you and I had actually talked about it on a coaching call one time is like you mentioned several times the stereotype that porn gives us. And uh, Chris, you got to look up what year Basic Instinct came out. Um, can you look up what year that came out, please? So um, how much is the influence, the abundance, the unfettered access to 92. porn? 92. Okay. Uh, how much is this stuff ruinous? Because I remember very distinctly, um, I had probably seen a Playboy or something uh, along those natures as a preteen. But if Basic Instinct came out in 1992, that means it was probably on VHS in 1993, end of 1992. That would have made me somewhere around 13 or 14. And I remember that being the most sexy thing I'd ever seen. Like I was staying at my grandma's house. I snuck over to my uncle's house who lived next door. And I watched, um, I was supposed to be watching Indiana Jones and the last crusade. I watched basic instinct on VHS and like paused at all the erotic scenes and tried to pause at the moment where she crossed her legs. Cause I wanted to see what was down there. And like, I, you know, this is like 13 ish, you know, I mean, technically I, I guess I could have been sexually active then, but I remember that was really risque for the time. And we're not talking talking about the 1950s we're talking about the 1990s and now my 19 year old since the moment he had internet access has sadly no matter what parental controls could have un untethered access to just like the most horrific porn you can possibly imagine so how much is that warping our stereotypes of what we think men and women are have you read any studies on is is this ruining a whole generation of people are sexual activities changing and getting destroyed because of this like what do what do we need to know about porn either positives negatives net negatives totally fucking up society i don't know i, I have some strong opinions on this but i'd love to hear from an expert yeah, well, I I have some strong opinions as well, um, and maybe they're not the same. I don't know what yours are, but I I feel like there's there's one question, two questions you really have to ask with porn is what is being consumed and how is it being consumed and for what reasons? Okay, and what is being consumed is an ethical question, right? Uh, because there's a lot of non-ethical shit out there. Um, most porn is, is, is awful. The conditions that they're made in and it's not even real at all. Uh, but there is some really great stuff out there and, and that can feel really empowering and good to people when, you know, it's coming from a good source and it feels like, you know, you're being able to live out a fantasy of yours through this, through watching this. And it can feel awesome to do that too. So it really depends, but I have definitely seen, and, you know, having worked with men with ED and PE, that it is definitely, and it is for sure scientifically proven that this is much more an issue than it has ever been in all of history that we have been tracking sexual dysfunction. So, that so there erectile, are more sexual erectile dysfunction and what's PD? PE, premature ejaculation. Oh, okay. So, so premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. Um, you're, you're saying the thesis is, is that a lot of this rise in the problem with men sexually is tracked back to an overabundance of porn. I'm sorry. I just, I wasn't quite following the logic there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That there's a, a great desensitization happening where young boys are being, um, what do you call it? They're being wired in their sexuality 
to, for it to be something visual, to not be something that's actually happening in their body, sensation based in their body. So what do they do? They become numb. Then they keep watching it. They become more numb and then they become more numb until they can't get interaction anymore. (laughs) And this is what we're seeing happening is that the increase in porn use, the earlier they're starting, the worse these conditions are actually becoming. So there's a huge issue with that and younger men. And it's really sad because, you know, I I've seen it more and more and more. I've only been doing this for four years and I hear and see it more and more and more. Uh, so yeah, it is an issue. I saw some stuff on your website. Again, tillystorm.com, T-I-L-L-Y-S-T-O-R-M. Go sign up for any of Tilly's free stuff. You'll get on her email list. It's, it, I guarantee you, it's, it's a lot of fun when I get that weekly email. Um, how to start a jade egg practice is one of the free PDFs that I can download. I am almost terrified to ask you what a jade egg is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let, me, let me just preface this by saying I am a holistic sex coach. What does this mean? How is this different from traditional sex therapy or going to your doctor to get boner pills? Well, it's not that. Okay. Uh, I am all about solutions, not band-aids and solutions take time and they take retraining your brain, retraining your body. It takes time to adjust from decades of numbness, especially if you're a woman with sexual trauma, to really and truly feel free of the effects of that. And one of the practices that I came across in my own journey, which had a lot to do with religious conditioning, I I have never experienced sexual trauma, thank God, but uh, I, what got me started in this in the first place was only being able to orgasm in one way. And it was really difficult to make it happen. And it led me down a rabbit hole of finding, okay, well, why is that so? And actually come to find out it was because of a lot of religious guilt and shame that I actually had in my body that I was storing in my body from all the garbage I got taught about, uh, you know, how women aren't supposed to have desire. We're just supposed to be in service to men. Like, all right, we're just a vessel for their pleasure, all this stuff. And I came across what I call the, or what's called the Jade egg practice. And (laughs) it is like yoga for the vagina. (laughs) All right. So women who want to be able to experience orgasm in different ways. Like I did. Um, this is the most holistic practice, sexual training practice. It's a sexual training technique that you can use to sensitize your vagina and your cervix to be able to have cervical G spot, a spot orgasms and clitoral orgasms. So if you're someone who has experienced vibrator dependency or someone who can only have one orgasm and orgasm in one way, like one position. And then it has to happen just like this, then that's going to feel really limiting to you. So learning the jade egg practice, it's just literally an egg shaped stone. You put up your vagina and you do different squeezes and releases with it and different breathwork practices to retrain your body to become more sensitized to build tone and strength in the vagina so that it can have stronger and longer lasting orgasms. 
and to learn how to drop the goal of orgasm in the first place, because the whole freaking paradox is that it's just that if you want to have great orgasms, stop trying to have great orgasms. <laughs> it's really frustrating because all of my clients, they're like, oh, I want to be able to have all the orgasms in all the ways. And it's like a goal for them, but they have to let go of the goal in order to achieve the goal. So it's all about teaching them how can you drop the goal and learn how to approach your body in a feminine way is what I call it. Uh, that's different than the masculine goal oriented way, because if you really want to experience all these things, that's the only way you're going to do it is to stop trying and to actually just feel your body. And that's how we help women become multi-orgasmic and have them experiencing all different types of orgasms is because that's what unlocks a woman's body is no pressure feeling that they don't, they, they're not putting any pressure on themselves. They're not feeling pressured by their partner, but they're, they can just be right. So the Jade egg practice is all about rewiring the conditioning of being outward, external goal oriented focus to what am I actually feeling in my body right now? Because that's the key to becoming multi-orgasmic and having all the eight different types of orgasms is being in tune with your body and in touch with what you're feeling. Being in tune, but not too in tune. <laughs> I don't know. Some people might say I am too in tune with my body. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, like, like yeah you're you probably can be too in tune. Every, everything mm -hmm. you're describing, it's like, fuck, man, I got to be a Buddha master if I'm a female <laughs> and I want to have an orgasm where dudes are like, well, we kind of just need something kind of warm in about three or four minutes. So it's like, it's just so so unfair. I, I know that there's a multitude of different people out there and I'm not some sexist, homophobic, think that women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, 1950s asshole from an episode of Mad Men. I just want to clarify this before I say what I'm about to say, but I would say in general, in general, for most of the population, there's some male energy and there's some female energy. Um, do you have any opinion? Because I've heard this actually from some of my girlfriends. Do you have any opinion about, I'll just call it the feminization of men um, affecting things in the bedroom? Because to be clear, to be clear, I'm not saying women can't be badass CEOs. I'm not saying a woman can't be a fucking referee in the NFL. I'm not a, a sexist. I'm just saying that probably when it comes to the bedroom or the sexual imperative of and have a penis and women have a vagina. And if you want to cut one of those things off, that's all on you. God bless you. You do whatever you want to do. But in general, men have male energy. Females have female energy. Like, is this kind of fucking up the dynamic where like we've got little boys that are being taught to, to act like little girls and you can't play dodgeball. And, and if you show that you're masculine, then that's toxic masculinity and you got to cut that off at the knees because that makes evil boys. Like, is this affecting things in the in the bedroom at all or do you see couples that are way out of whack because women are like dude i just want to be i just want to be you know grabbed by my man and thrown on the bed and he won't do that because he's he's scared that'll be toxic masculinity am i making this up in my head or does this actually affect no. some people in the bedroom this is totally thing and I, I every single day when i look at the news i just i really fear for people who in my line of work in 10 20 30 years from now because again, not just the porn, but the, the feminization of people in general and how, well, I believe it's calculated. I believe they're intentionally doing this. Uh, you know, don't, 
you know, don't raise good men anymore. Definitely don't have testosterone. I believe it's calculated uh, because you can't make good little automatons right. <laughs> when you've got testosterone running through the system. So, uh, yeah. And this, this, if you, if anyone has or wants resources on this, I highly suggest the book, the end of gender by Dr. Deborah. So it's S O H Deborah. So, uh, this was the most amazing book I've ever read on the subject. Um, God bless her. She was, she is a doctor PhD and was one of the very first to come out against the, you know, the liberal college community and say, no, enough of this crap. 99% of the time sex and gender match and you people are crazy. Uh, like let's stop politicizing sex and gender. And she got fired. She got canceled, all the things. And this was several years ago. This was before it was really a big deal. Like it is in the media now. Uh, but I like all of her findings are completely scientific. She was just very, very dedicated to the scientific method and actually not skewing her results based on what the university was wanting her to put out. And she was like, you know, the first one to come out and say, no, that as the science actually says, women are women, men are men, 90%, 99% of the time. <laughs> and we don't need to have any more discussion about it. Uh, but yeah, I, it, it's definitely an issue with the polarization. So when women aren't really able to surrender and, and feel like they can really let go, if they don't feel a sense of polarization with a male partner. So if a woman really feels like she wants to be, and she's more predominantly feminine, uh, she's going to need a very strong masculine partner to be able to really drop in and feel turned on and feel hot for someone. And the more that men are actually being less masculine, the more women seek for completely unattainable levels of masculinity where, you know, it's just like all egoic, right. Uh, you know, like just completely unattainable men that are never actually going to want to commit and be in a committed relationship. So you've got like these super alpha alpha women going for completely unattainable men that they're never going to end up in a relationship with or make babies with. And you've got yet yeah, all of these other, like uh, these other men that testosterone is really low these days, you know, they're not really stepping in and being men and it's hard for them to be attracted to that because they're like, oh, yeah, but I'm an alpha woman. I own a business. I do all these things. I want you to step up and they're not stepping up. So yes, it is a huge issue in the dating world right now. And I follow several love and dating coaches who this is exclusively what they talk about. Um, you know, I work more with couples already married and, you know, already in relationships or some singles who just want to, you know, feel sexual again after not feeling it for so long. But yeah, it's a big issue. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. And, and, you know, I have my own political beliefs where I would have thought that maybe this is a thing, but where it really, really catalyzed with me is I've got a bunch of female realtor friends, um, many of which are single and, you know, they're, they're very liberal, which no problem with that. They vote Democrat, no problem with that. On social media, they're saying all the right kind of, to your point, right, I'll use the word woke, although I think that word gets thrown around too much. They're saying all the right woke things to be in line with what the universities want people to say. But then when we're having a cocktail, they'll be like, 
hey, Scott, uh, you were in the army. You're kind of a manly man. Um, don't you have any friends? Like, don't you, where are all the good guys? Like, where where are the dudes that, you know, I don't want somebody who's so aggressive. He's going to beat me up if I say the wrong thing. But I also kind of want a man who's going to stand up for me at the bar if some dude's getting a little touchy and they're being inappropriate. And I'm like, no offense, but you've spent the last 40 years voting for policies that feminize men. You can't play tag in elementary school. You can't play dodgeball or tetherball in school. You have to have girls in Boy Scouts. You know, boys have to act like acts. Boys have to act like girls, you know, up until they're 18. And then they hit 18. And if they start showing sexual desire in college, well, that's because they're a sexual predator. So now what do we have? Now we have like pretty soon 60% of the college degrees that are going to be handed out are to women, which is great for like the progression of women in the workplace. But it's like, if you spend 20 years castrating men, don't be surprised when you get to your 20s and there's no man that you feel confident in as a like manly partner. And I'm, I'm obviously over, I'm being a little hyperbolic and I'm stereotyping here, but like, that's, that's kind of what I see when I'm talking to my 19 year old son about the men and women that are in his dating pool. This is what I'm hearing when I'm talking to like 30 to 40 year old professional women who haven't yet found a partner that they're comfortable settling down with and making babies with. And I'm like, you know, then I read these stats of, we kind of have a crisis of men in the employment industry, in colleges, in, you know, rising suicides, rising drug addiction. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with men? Like, like, do we need to, do we need to bring back the uh, involuntary service and have everybody go spend a couple of years in the military? I, I don't know what the answer is, but it sure as heck feels like a problem where we're not going to have any quote unquote men within the next couple of generations. Agreed. Yeah. I, I see it happening and it's really, it's really sad. It's hard to watch. You see it unfolding more and more every single day. The, the emasculination of men 